This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Our apologies for Kirk Street and Atlanta's time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone to get a feature from Yeet. It means it's time for the Debbie Debate brought to you by CampusDecan.com. On a IDGAF version of tonight's show, Alex Grinch is out. Old Miss gets a pair of big performances from its backfield in our first in our first uh, Campus DeCanton mock draft for 2024. So we're going to take out the projected 2024 NFL draft class, and we're going to draft or take a do a C2C mock draft that we're doing right now behind the scenes. But before we get to that. Player performances from all over the country uh, this week. I really kind of want to just open it up. Uh, Chris, any performances that stood out to you from this week? I mean, I thought Jalen Miller was spectacular against LSU. Four rushing touchdowns. He kind of dominated the game where he needed to. LSU was super injured in their secondary. He took advantage. No passing touchdowns, but he was good through the air. I've been really impressed with the way Milrow has kind of play the last couple of weeks versus where he started the season. I think he's getting more comfortable. He needs reps. He's like a fairly raw player. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought he was excellent. Like truly like they needed him to beat LSU and he delivered for sure. And we're always trying to think of like both the Debbie and CFF value of a player. I mean, Matt, when we're talking about Jalen Miller, I think it's yes. still purely CFF, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets drafted in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round because he is such a good athlete and, and a team tries. I mean, look at the, look what, let's be honest. Granted, DTR had four years 
because he, he, he was at USC, UCLA for four years. Four years, some really good moments. He has not actually looked too bad with the Browns at times when he's had a step in for Deshaun Watson. I think a team might take a shot on Jalen Milrow just because of how athletically gifted he is. But I don't see him being drafted as to, to be like a guy for a franchise. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, with the way he's been playing the past couple of weeks. Like Chris said, him playing better in Alabama, not really having much of a future right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Nick doesn't find a way to talk him into coming back next year and being their starting quarterback. So he may not even be coming out in this draft cycle. Is he a better prospect than um, uh, Malik Cunningham? I don't yes. think so. Yeah, I don't think they'd move Milrow As a, to wide receiver. They, well, they might. They, they, didn't move, they didn't move Malik Cunningham to wide receiver. Malik Cunningham is playing wide receiver in the NFL. He's playing both. He's playing, wow. he's playing like both. He played quarterback in the preseason. Mil- Milrow is a better player than Malik yeah. Cunningham is. I, and I, this is someone who did not like Malik Cunningham really at all in the draft mm-hmm. process as, or like legitimate NFL prospect. So take that with a grain of salt. But I was, I would say Milrow is better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's better. He was fine through the air, but he was not. I mean, he had more rush. He had two hundred and something rushing yards, if I remember correctly. And um, you know, the way that they're throwing the ball, it's going to be hard to have a guy that you can count on is to, to kind of start on the college side. But I still think Isaiah Bond deserves to be like a top twenty-ish wide receiver for me. I mean, he is for me. Has Jermaine Burton? Like, I know he's his stock was on life support. Has he done enough to get day two consideration for the NFL? Because I, I think he's leaving. Yeah, he should. I mean, he should. This is his fourth year. Um, I think so. He's going to get drafted on day three. But when we did the uh, who could be the next Puka Nakua, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Jermaine Burton is one of the players that we mentioned, and I think that that's, I think that that's valid. I mean, he's. If you look at the pedigree, recruiting pedigree, athleticism, you know, very similar to Puka Nakua. And could somebody take that type of athlete in the fourth or fifth round and they immediately contribute to the offense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so Matt Waldman put him like in the Robert Woods range of player. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that show. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not having a. Well, I shouldn't say he's not having a horrible season. Most of his, or I believe over half of his yards came in that one game a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, didn't Slade Bolden get drafted fairly early in the NFL? I don't think it's unfair to say Jermaine Burton's got a little bit of a better school, a skill set or tool set than Slade Bolden. So I'm, I'm hoping he goes day two just for Colin. Uh, Colin's been propping him up for years on this network. I just want him to see he go day two so Colin can smile during the draft next year. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I want to bring up C.J. Stroud's performance here. I know this is a college show, but from the NFL perspective, he set the single-game passing record for a rookie beat, uh, Andrew Luck's record with like 460 yards passing. The, the reason why I want to bring it up is because, Matt, I think you and I were on the same page here during you know their la- last season that C.J. Stroud should – like it's not just clear that Bryce Young is the one – overall quarterback there was a point at which i had cj stroud as my number one quarterback just because of how elite he was as a passer now there are a couple of things that led me to rank bryce young i think bryce young's recruiting pedigree led me to do that the fact that he was doing it at alabama the fact that he had more athleticism and then cj stroud not a somebody who was going to move a whole lot um 
who was coming from that Ohio State system, and we still had questions about whether or not those players could translate. But, I mean, he's – i I'm not really surprised about what he's doing. I mean, he was like this – he would make some of these throws in college. You'd be like, damn, that's like – I don't think you could throw that ball better than what he just threw it. And now he's doing it with Noah Brown and Tank Dell and um, Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz. I mean, that team isn't – they don't have weapons there. And Tank, Tank Dell might be their best wide receiver. Like, if you're looking at, like, the next 15 years, after – Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I think I don't know that Lamar Jackson's game is going to age that well. Yeah. Jalen Hurts will be right there, I think. But I mean, you could argue that CJ Stroud is right there with, you know, Justin Herbert in that next year, I think, uh, if he's going to continue to develop like this. And if they're going to have a plan for his development, like the Buffalo Bills had for Josh Allen, I mean, CJ Stroud is going to be good for very very long time i mean it seems like it and i'll, I'll be the first to say that I, I wasn't always that high on cj and i'm not even talking about just the the kyle mccord stuff you mentioned it the the moving I, that was my biggest fear about him going to houston was that offensive line was not good and i was like he if you watched him at ohio state he was not good out of structure he cannot throw on the run he he was not good making plays off script and he's looked very very good in the nfl i've said it before and i'll say it again the the one thing that he got a ton of praise for at ohio state was his mind like they talked about him like he was a coach on the field i think you see that on the field in the nfl there have been press conferences i think chris i remember it was on the after show if it was literally during the show we talked about it one time a clip where he gave a soundbite of talking about like what he saw and walked this reporter through a play this is a rookie in the nfl like his brain is just, I think, a separator for him. We already knew he had the arm talent. I mean, Felix, I know there was one, I want to say it was a throw to JSN in the Michigan game two years ago that you always talked about where, like, he threw it over a linebacker before, like, and hit JSN in stride before JSN even made a break in that route. Like, that is how good we knew C.J. Stroud was. I'm not going to pretend like I was always that high on him. And like I said, I did have concerns about him going to Houston. I wanted him to go to Carolina because I thought that he would do much better there with that offensive line protecting him. But yeah, I don't see any reason why I personally wouldn't put him up there with Herbert just yet. But I think you I, – I don't see how he's not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Like, I don't know how you can name top 10, 10 quarterbacks ahead of him. And I'm honestly very happy for him because I know a lot of people, you know, let's just be honest, shit all over him because he was coming from Ohio State because none of those guys have really proven it yet. So I think he's gone out there and kind of shown all those people up and, and he's done a really good job. Like, I, I'm very excited to see what he ends up becoming because this is just his rookie season. Like, he's not the finished product. And he gets weapons around him, a better offensive line. It could get even better. I was all in on Bryce Young over him basically from start to finish. And the one time that I questioned that was the Georgia game that, that they ultimately ended up losing. Um, but the way that he played in that game was different than I feel like I had seen him play at Ohio state for two years. I really saw a different quarterback in that game. And I sat there and I was like, okay, maybe this dude deserves to be ranked above Bryce. I ultimately kept Bryce as as my one just um, for a lot for a lot of reasons, but yeah, uh, there's I don't think 
as we sit here November whatever in the year of our Lord 2023 that you can make an argument that Bryce Young should be ranked ahead of uh, CJ Stroud. November 8th, Chris, just... Just Sorry, November 8th. I didn't have, I, I, dude, I have no idea what day of November it is. (laughs) I understand. It's getting to that point in the season where every day just kind of runs together. When when I look at this 2000, this NFL season, this current NFL season, there are so many conversations that are being had right now in like the dynasty community that we, we've forgotten, but we've had them for like three years. One, one is the CJ Stroud, Bryce Young conversation. As a matter of fact, we're a long ways away from that what, 2021 opening game against, was it Minnesota? Was it Minnesota? Or, yeah, it was Minnesota or Rutgers. And we're like, are they going to bench C.J. Stroud for Kyle McCord? And uh, and yeah, every, that that game. And he actually looked good in the second half of that game. But then the other one is, is and you guys, I think I was on this. I was on the, there's an argument for Jameer Gibbs over B. John Robinson because of how Jameer Gibbs is going to ultimately be used at the next level. Now, the funny thing is, is you can't really project that a team is going to use a player the way they should be used. Hello, Arthur Smith, Kyle Pitts, you know, B. John Robinson. But Ben Johnson with the Lions is using Jameer Gibbs now the way he's he should be used. They're throwing him the football in the flat, you know, trying to get him in space. Uh, in the passing game, I, I mean, I'm he's going to be a player that has like a hundred receptions and a thousand yards receiving at some point and a thousand yards rushing. I still believe that to be the case. And when you're used that way, there's an argument for there's an argument for you to be for you to be you know the number one running back. And we see how Bijan Robinson is being used. But if you had to draft today, those two are going to get taken like really really close to each other, really close to each other. So. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What's another performance? Moxie, you got any other performances that you wanted to highlight? Um, can we just talk about the elephant in the room? The USC defense? And really the entirety of the USC game? I'll I'll start with this. Uh, Alex Grinch is fired on Sunday to... I was a little surprised, to be honest. I didn't know if it was actually going to happen or not. What performance do you think got Alex Grinch fired? Was the question that I I was wondering. Was it when they gave up 41 to Colorado? 41 to Arizona in a three-overtime game? Uh, 48 to Notre Dame? 34 to Utah? 49 to California? Or 52 to Washington? Or was it Caleb Williams crying on the sideline with his mom? That really pushed over the edge because I think it's the last one. When your star star quarterback who was excellent on the day is that emotional after a loss when you are one in four or one in three in your last four games. Yeah. Like the optics are bad, dude. Uh, USC. I, Caleb Williams did not cost that team that game. The office did not cost the team. You have to get a stop somewhere. And they didn't. And Alex Grinch is gone. And I think that the, he couldn't handle the PR fallout from Saturday. That's good. He he stinks. He should have never been hired in the first place and brought over by Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where uh, Alex Grinch, Alex Rich came from. OU with with Lincoln Riley, right? But I yeah. don't know where he he was before then. Ohio, State. but it's been. He's at Washington oh, State real? too, I think. Yeah, he was at Ohio State. I'm almost positive, but right before he went to Oklahoma, because his defense was just as bad at Ohio State. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
the 2015 Washington State 2017, which is like Leach and defense wasn't good there either. <laughs> Spends a year Ohio like, State. <laughs> yeah. So this is the type of thing that happens when I'm like, why doesn't Eric Bieniemy have a head coaching job? Why doesn't why wasn't Deion Sanders a head coach before? I mean, we got somebody like Alan Grinch who's being pulled along by Lincoln Riley. I, I mean, is there an argument that he deserves the jobs that he's gotten? Like that he's earned them somehow? I, again, that's I, I'm genuinely asking. I'm not judging. Like I'm genuinely asking. I know he deserved to be fired, but I'm like, how did he get to this point where you know he's attached to the hip of one of the more notable college football coaches in the country? What did he do to actually deserve that? I, I'm gonna I want to actually flesh this out and go look and see what his career trajectory was. He he's a four time Broyles Award nominee or winner. I'm not sure for nominee. So like that's top assistant coach in the country. So like. At points in his tenure, he has done well, but he was a DB coach at Wyoming. Yeah. Then he was a safety coach at Missouri. He did his best job probably at Washington State um, under Leach, and he was the defense coordinator. Then he was a co-defense coordinator for Ohio State for a year. Oklahoma and USC are basically like mirror images of each other. They're the exact same team. Defense can't defend, and USC is the exact same way. So, yeah, I mean, he's been nominated for um, – like the best coach in, or assistant coach in the country, but so was Josh Gaddis two years ago and he won it. So how much stock does that really hold? I got nothing to add. He sucked at Ohio State. So that's all I Matt, you got to fill in here because I'm sitting here trying to I'm, make picks. I'm, and, I'm uh, trying... I'm trying to remember how good that team was. I know they were 13 and one, but I don't remember the defense being that good. I know that was, was that the year that they, if I'm remembering correctly and I don't know, Nate, I'm sure will correct me in the chat tomorrow morning or whenever he listens to this show. I am almost positive that Grinch got the job at Oklahoma coming off the fact that Michigan was, I believe, a highly ranked team at the time. That was the year that they beat them down. It was like 62 to 30-something. 39. Yeah, and that offense was like highly praised for Michigan. Everybody had Ohio State going in there. I'm almost positive as the underdog, and Alex Grinch was like praised as this genius and everything, and I'm almost positive that's the reason he got the job because I don't believe he coached the bowl game um, against, I think they played Washington that year. I don't think he was there. So I think that is honestly why he got it, because I don't remember that being like an overall good season, personally. They gave up a lot of points to teams that you yeah. probably don't want to give up a lot of points to, just looking at That was the year that they lost to Rondale Moore, wasn't it? That was yeah, the that Purdue. was a Rondale okay, Moore okay, game. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was a Rondale 49-20. They, they didn't lose to, they didn't lose to Purdue. They lost to Rondale Moore. Let's, let's just clarify. How much money did Rondale Moore make off of that performance? A because lot. he a made, lot. I mean... The highlights from that game and all those missed tackles that like uh, Jeff Okuda and Chase Young missed. Because there was one run that Rondell Moore had in that game. I think he broke the tackles of three first round picks on one play. It was Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, and somebody else that he broke the tackles of. Probably um, Denzel Ward. That'd have been might, probably Ward's been. last year, I think. So, uh, okay. Do we want to talk about Michael Penix, Caleb Williams? I mean, you kind of you since you kind of broached the issue with Alex Grinch. I just both feel, of these guys are really good. I feel bad for Caleb. I mean, I thought it was going to happen. 
um, Felix, we talked a little bit about it on the Better Sports Show earlier this year. Like takes we were afraid. I think it was takes we were afraid to say out loud, or we thought it was going to come true, or something like that. And I said, I don't think Caleb Williams is ever going to make it to the playoffs. How disappointing is it that a player of his talent is not only never going to get to even make the playoffs, but only play what they only played in one Pac-12 championship game? Right, because I don't think he played in the Big Twelve championship game, so he's played in one championship game in his three-year career. I think Lincoln Riley's overrated, and I hate to say that out loud, but um, I think he's a little bit overrated. I don't, don't doubt this man's offensive genius, but this dude can't put a team together to save his life. So I, I was thinking about this today um, when I was driving home. How much, like, the defense is not, like, the personnel on the defense is not bad enough to be giving up 49 points to Cal. It's just not. Like, Alex Grinch, malpractice. But I don't think the, the personnel is all that good either. Like, they, I don't think they have dudes. I think they're pretty soft on defense. I think, like, like if they were in the Big Ten this year, they might go, <laughs> they might get, like, seven wins. And that's including as part of the Big Ten West, right? Um, I, I, I disagree. I disagree with that because I don't think that there are teams in the Big Ten that can actually score with them. Maybe Michigan can. Maybe you I, can I, Ohio State. That. You think so? Yeah, but they're on offense. They're still going to score forty-five. Can Ohio Here's, State score forty-five? They've, versus, they've played two games yeah. against physical teams and gotten beat. Ohio like, State, totally. Michigan, Washington, Oregon. There's four teams right there that can score with USC. Remember, Oregon's coming too. Oregon's going to be there. Oregon's now, Oregon is now a Big Ten team. Like, I mean, they, they scored 32 against Utah, and Utah on the road, too. Utah on the road is, like, half of what Utah is at home. Uh, Notre Dame held them to 20. Like, those are the two most physical teams that they're playing, and they just get out physical every single week. It doesn't matter in the Pac-12. It's going to matter a heck of a lot more in the Big Ten. I don't. I really don't like the way that this USC team is constructed. That's well, a leaky rally yeah. problem. What's the other coach that you know wasn't able to win the big one until they actually did? I mean, I think that that's going to be Lincoln Riley's story. Kirby Smart, but I think Kirby. Here's the difference. So here's why I say Lincoln Riley's overrated. Kirby Smart recruits both sides of the ball. Go back and name me the top defensive players that Lincoln Riley's getting. He's not. Like that's the issue. Like what did Ryan Day do? And I'm I'm not trying to say Ryan Day is much better than Lincoln Riley. He had well, no, he hadn't done it either. But what did he do after all of a sudden this offense kept doing all this and their defense stopped? They started recruiting defensive side of the ball, and he's flipped everything for the defense. Like, the good coaches do that. Kirby Smart knows, hey, this isn't working for me. What does he do? He goes and gets Todd Munkin. Now they went back-to-back national championships, have a chance to go get a third, granted different offensive coordinator like Nick Saban. Completely changed how he ran his organization in Alabama every time he needed to. We don't see that from Lincoln Riley. It's the same thing at Oklahoma, going to the same thing at USC. He's going to bring the same thing into the Big Tennis. Maybe he'll be good enough because it's a 12-team playoff, so we'll actually get a chance to see these guys go in. So I don't think that team's anywhere near good enough to win a national championship. Unless he fixes the defensive side of the ball, they, they won't ever be. You're not going to get that lucky that you're going to run through that many rounds. Maybe in a four-team, not in a 12-team player if you're going to be that lucky to run through that many teams with no defense. So the number open today um, at 14. Oregon is favored by 14 points. That's a huge spread for a USC team that you expect to be like a top 25 team. Because I saw you post that on Twitter earlier, Felix. I don't agree. I don't think they're a top 25 team. And, I mean, if you told me that USC would be two touchdown underdog to Oregon this late in the season— 
that's that's embarrassing, to be honest. There's no other way to put it. That wasn't yesterday. That was uh, three today. That days was three day, three days ago. No, I said it, earlier. It, it, you said earlier. Look, Chris yeah. already said that all these days are running together for him. All right? He does. He doesn't. Know, running, he doesn't know what day is, it is at this point. Listen, you we guys got to forgive us. Times for... it messes up my whole my whole <laughs> lifestyle. You gotta you gotta forgive us for some of the awkwardness here. We're we're sitting here trying to talk while also doing the mock draft in the background. So that's leading to some of these awkward pauses and stuff. So we're we're trying let, we're trying to get some of these rounds done before we actually bring it up on the screen. Let, let me ask a question because it's, it's it's my pick. Are we allowed to make a pick of like a player we think is going to go back? going back? Yeah, because I thought about okay. taking Raheem yeah. Sanders. So yeah. see, I'm I'm is debating that... on. I mean, just, just I'm gonna make. Wait, it. we gotta save that. Let's say, let's save that. Let's make my pick. I'm a, I'm a... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and make your pick, but don't oh, talk okay. about it right now. We will get okay. there soon enough that people can wait. I already know who this people is. No, you don't. Oh. Um, let's see here. Yeah, exactly. Right. You didn't think it was gonna be that person, did you? All right, we we'll let the audience know when we get to that. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it. Um, I don't know what else needs to be said about this week. Oh, Caden Fegan. Caden Fegan is. Becoming Brett Bielema's bell cow. And if he's catching the ball too. My my problem with Caden Fe- all right, Caden Fegan out of Illinois. For those who don't know, he was a player of he was the player of the year for the state of Illinois last year. But he played like he played he didn't even play running back his senior year. He played he played quarterback. He's played defensive end and linebacker and you know, all of these positions. I was really scared about scared of his physicality or lack thereof, um, that I just saw on his high school tape. But I mean, otherwise, you know, this is a six foot two, two hundred and forty pound player. This is the type of running back that I really, really like. And I, there were so many players in that backfield: Josh McCray, Reggie Love, uh, Anderson. I can't remember Anderson's first name. All of these running backs looked the exact same in Illinois' backfield because that's the way Brett Bielema recruits them. It just seemed like it would be hard. And then even looking in the spring, Caden Fegan wasn't like getting rave reviews. I mean, he was like, yeah, he's there. He's a guy. He's going to be a reserve. Nobody thought that he would take the backfield this year. So I definitely didn't think that he was going to be what he's been. He's gotten like at least 18 carries the last three weeks, I think. Uh, 80 yards rushing in this one. He caught a long touchdown pass on a screen. You know, if he's going to be Brett Bielema's bell cow for three years, he has the potential to get, I don't know, day two NFL draft capital, right? I mean, day two. I mean, he has the he has the chance. He's a better prospect than Chase Brown. He's going to be a better prospect than Chase Brown because he's younger. He's going to be younger than Chase Brown. He's going to be bigger than Chase Brown too, and bigger and faster than Chase Brown. Yeah. I don't love these two hundred forty pound backs like you do. So no, I'm not ready to quite say he's going to be a day two pick. <laughs> Derrick Henry, Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, I'm just saying, like, uh, Katie Fegan is not Derrick Henry. Isn't Derrick Henry got- in his athletic comps? No, it's not actually because I just I don't think I thought I think it was at one point. I thought it was at one point in his athletic comps. When the only, they, when they the only inputs were weight and height, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. still, still. Um, okay. I, I got one more enough. that oh, I think is no, notably. We did, I mean, we just talked USC, Washington, Dylan Johnson, like 200 plus oh, yards, four touchdowns. Like what a monster performance from him. Um, you can run out, and because it's against USC. Kind of, but I mean, but it's, listen, you got to perform. Yeah, you still got to go do it. Let's see here. Okay, so nobody on this list is good, in my opinion, except for Braylon <laughs> Allen. So, just so you know, I just typed Who, Cajun just, Fegan you're ta- in. 
Caden Feegan. You're, telling, our athletic you're looking database. at Caden Feegan in the yes. athletic comp database. Who are the comps there? Uh, so his top comp is Chris Warren from Texas. You got Sam Scott, Rashad Jennings, Braylon Allen, Brian Leonard, gotcha. Frank Moreau, Braylon Russell, Cameron Jones. See, I don't. You're saying that those aren't good comps. There's like four guys there that went to the NFL: Brian Leonard, Chris Warren, um, Rashad, Rashad Jennings was yeah. was the Giants' starting running, but he was like a first round pick. 10, 15, 10, I don't know. Time goes by fast. A long time time ago. was different back then. We're not seeing running backs. They're like, Braylon Allen's probably the you best. Said, but I'm just well, talking about the comps, though. The, those are good comps. Those are NFL players. No, no, I'm not saying the comps are good. I'm saying compared to we were just talking about, like, Derrick Henry-type comps in here, and then we pull it up, and none of those guys are there. It's just. Bra- you know. Brian Leonard Rucker of Rutgers fame, Leonard Leap. Yes. That's a great comp. Okay, sure, yeah. Big, big Brian Leonard fan. Um, all right, it's my pick though, so n- now I have to. Do you, Chris, do you want to handle housekeeping and tell people to help us get to 2,000 subscribers while I make this pick? Yeah, our YouTube is growing, I think it's grown a lot in uh, you know, this offseason and this season. We're trying to expand C2C, Devi, College Fantasy to so many audiences and people who are interested and kind of don't know about it yet. Get us to 2,000 subscribers. I know there are a lot more people watching these videos than there are people that are subscribed. Make sure that you are doing so. It helps us grow, and it helps the content that you like grow in turn. So subscribe to the YouTube. Great, great job filibustering there. All right, let's. I think I think we're ready to just go ahead and bring the um, bring the mock draft onto the screen. I just made my pick. Um, are we ready? Yeah, Matt, if you're ready, you know, Matt, if you bring it onto the screen, I'll do some discussing of the uh, of the mock draft thus far and maybe ask you guys some questions while we continue to make picks. So, all right. So we do have again, we are doing a 2024 C2C mock draft. We've already got two, all, well a round and a half done. Um, so we're taking out the 2024 draft class. So no. Um, no Caleb Williams, no Drake May, all of those, no Devontae Walker. We expect all of those guys to leave. So this is what the first round has looked like um, uh, in this mock draft. Luther Burden went number one to Chris, is, and it's just the three of us. So we each have four, four teams. I don't think I'm going to just say who took it. I'll just say the player's name. That's too much. Uh, Luther Burden went 101. Evan Stewart went 102. Zachariah Branch went 103. Quinshawn Judkins went 104. Then Cedric Baxter, Deuce Robinson, Carnell Tate, Nick Singleton, Justice Haynes, Connor Wegman, Jonte Cook, Amarian Hampton here at the 112. Chris, any picks surprise you or anything surprise you about this first round? Um, are we allowed to talk about other people's picks too? Yeah. You took Deuce Robinson way too high. <laughs> no, I, I did not, but whatever. I mean, De- Deuce Robinson wider, he's playing was getting receiver. significant snaps yesterday, and it looks like he surpassed Dorian Singleton. I, I really like Deuce Robinson, but I, I just think that's a little aggressive considering he's playing wide receiver. If he was playing tight end, I would be more interested. And maybe he comes out as a tight end, but I don't want to bank on that per se. Um, my biggest takeaway, though, is that these two, ne- these next two classes, I don't want to say they stink. <laughs> No, they, but they certainly leave a lot to be desired <laughs> from what we currently know about these players. I'll say that. It's insane. I was at the 103. I was at the 103 like 
geez, who am I going to who am I going to take here? Like it feels like I'm stretching already here in the first round. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Matt. No, no. If you would have sent this draft board to us at the beginning of this year and said, "Hey, we're going to do a 2024 mock," there is no way in hell Nick Singleton is not the first player off the board, more than likely. And he goes off the board here in what the second round or end of the first. Drew Alar in the second round. Like it's insane the value change in these players from the beginning of the year to what's gone on so far. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. Um a lot of freshmen, no quarterbacks in the first round. Or excuse me, Connor Wegman. Connor Wegman went in the in the first round to uh to Chris. Only one quarter if you would have said last year that hey you're gonna do a you're gonna do a mock draft and the only quarterback taken in the first round is Connor Wegman, you would have you would have laughed. You yeah. might have laughed. Uh, I mean, that, so it's, I mean, what was the 80, the ADP looking like for this off season? We must have like six in the top, mm-hmm. what, 14? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alar was going Quinn, Caleb, Drake. I mean, that's four right there. I know we, most of them we were had going five in the first, first five in the first 14. And now we have one in the top 10. So. And a lot of those startups, Malachi and Dante were going toward the end of the first or early second, too. Yeah. I mean, Malachi still went here, but I'm going to take, well, I thought Felix had picked, so. No, go ahead. Why don't you go through the second round here or the picks that have been made through the second round, and I will, uh, and I'll uh, make make my pick. Yeah, Uh, I need you to filibuster for me. At 2-1 was Tedaroa McMillan, the wide receiver out of Arizona. At 2-2, Drew Alar, quarterback for Penn State. At 2-3, Malachi Nelson, USC quarterback. 2-4, Jackson Arnold, Oklahoma quarterback. At 2-5, Aiden Childs, Oregon State quarterback. At 2-6, Arch Manning, Texas quarterback. At 2-7, Eugene Wilson, the third Florida wide receiver. Uh, at 2, I'm sorry, that was a 2-7. At 2-8, you had Micah Hudson, wide receiver, will be a freshman going to Texas Tech. Then at 2-9, Georgia commit quarterback Dylan Rayola. And then now at 2-10, Ashton Gianti, running back for Boise State. And then at 2-11 is going to be Dante Moore, quarterback UCLA. Hmm. How risky does it feel like taking Dante Moore here, uh, Chris? Because <laughs> we don't even know where he's going to be next Oops. year. Uh, I mean, I've been looking at him for like a round, right? And every time I'm like, Okay, this guy has less risk. This guy has less risk. I've hey, seen Dante Moore. I've seen Dante Moore throw pick sixes in like three straight games. <laughs> like I've seen this happen. So yeah, I think this is the appropriate spot for him. And yeah, I don't know if he's coming back to UCLA. I mean, he's got to be pretty pissed off about how things have gone over the last month for him being benched and and, and whatnot. But yeah, I yeah, I think he has to go in the top two rounds of a draft like this. But there's a reason that he went. 23rd pick. I mean, there's just not this... a lot there that I feel like is good to take over. I'm like, I'm looking at some of these running backs. And I'm like, eh, I'm good waiting. I'll grab another guy later. Same with the wide receivers. There's not a lot like maybe Jeremiah Smith. You know, there's a couple other of these true freshmen coming in. You might like, but like, I don't love anybody in this range. Chris, the last two picks were uh, Ashton Genty and Dante Moore. You got a double tap here. For the two o the two twelve and three o one, just talk through talk with us what you're what you're thinking about right now. I'm um, looking at 
a freshman quarterback, probably. Um, I took Dylan Rayola at the 208. Uh, I think he's the best quarterback in the class. Um, and I'm going to go freshman quarterback again this year in Julian Sayan. Um, I think he's a pretty good player. I, I am not nearly as deep in the recruiting as I'm sure Matt and you are, but as the, as the rest of our recruiting team, who's just, I mean, the, the, those dudes were so hard. Um, but I, I know enough to say I'm going to draft a quarterback going to a very high end university that is going to retain value um, because they're probably not going to see the field. Like, that's not a bad bet. I, I don't think, right? Like we're getting Arnold Manning, uh, like all still within the same spot that they were going. Uh, so yeah, I'll take, I would take Julian Sayan here. Um, we're going to do three rounds. Uh, three rounds. I don't know. We'll see here. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, we, we were talking about this with Jalen Milrow. Like I would not be surprised if Julian Sayan ends up being the starting quarterback for Alabama next year. If, Jalen Milrow ends up leaving. So, like, I think that's actually a really good pick. I don't know that he, you know, won't end up being the starting quarterback for Alabama. Yeah, I think Julian Sane is, like, on that perfect path where, like, Ty Simpson missed. I don't think Lonergan or um, Holstein are the guy. And then 301, going to take the wide receiver one for most recruiting services. This is the wide receiver two for us, and that's Jeremiah Smith going to Ohio State. And Matt is up. So just to recap where we're at so far, we just finished the second round. Here have been the picks so far. Luther Burden at one, Evan Stewart two, Zachariah Branch, Quinshawn Judkins, Cedric Baxter, Deuce Robinson allegedly taken too high, uh, Carnell Tate, Nicholas Singleton, Justice Haynes, Connor Wegman, Jonte Cook, and then we closed out the first round with Amarian Hampton. Uh, Matt, Amarian Hampton too high in the first round? I mean, you're going to get CFF value from him, too. I mean, I don't... It's. I would at least have taken <laughs> Tedaroa over him. <laughs> Probably some of those quarterbacks, because I just... I mean, yeah, you're going to get CFF value out of him, and sure, I imagine he's probably going to get drafted and get decent draft capital, so... It's not a horrible pick. And, and I should raise I mean, my like, hand. It was me. I love the 220-pound running back. So Top I 12 seems a little what? excessive. And then I took a big excessive. wide receiver, of course, uh, here. Uh, so I, that is I, the – I picked. Oh. I only picked on you one time, but I could have picked on you twice. <laughs> what, for, for taking Tedaroa right there? Oh, no, Tedaroa is a great pick. I, I, I love that pick. I was yeah. certainly considering him. Oh, you mean no, for about taking – <laughs> Deuce Robinson, Amari and Hampton. Okay. Listen, it's been years of you guys making fun of me about Amari and Hampton, but um, he's breaking out this year, leading rusher in the ACC. Here's the second round. Tedaroa McMillan went at the at the 201. Then Drew Aller, Malachi Nelson, Jackson Arnold, Aiden Childs, the Oregon State quarterback, Arch Manning. Aiden Childs ahead of Arch Manning there. Interesting. Eugene Wilson, the dynamic freshman from Florida. Micah Hudson and D Dylan Royola, two incoming freshmen. Then Ashton Genty, the uh, Boise State dynamic running back who's been putting up like Christian McCaffrey-like numbers uh, on the college side of your leagues. And then uh, Dante Moore and Julian Sayan to round out the second round. Here we are in the um, in the third round. I'm at the 303. M Matt, Chris, let me hand it to you and you guys, you know, tell me what I should be thinking here. So, Well, real quick, the reason I took Aiden Childs over Arch Manning, we've talked a lot about it over the past couple weeks. We think there's a realistic shot Quinn comes back. I don't know that Arch is starting next year for Texas. 
I mean, I think Aiden has looked amazing every time Jonathan Smith has got him out there. You know you're going to get CFF value out of him with that rush. And that run he had to put Oregon State up the first score of that game on Saturday was amazing. Like, I think this kid has got the tool set in the world to be one of the better quarterbacks in college football. So that's why I took him. I think he's going to give you better CFF value, and I do think he's got a chance to be drafted. Um, Chris, go ahead. You took Jeremiah Smith, the true freshman, going to um, wide receiver going to Ohio State. And then I followed up with an Ohio State wide receiver. Top five player. Yeah. Wide receiver. Ohio State. Like, add plus, plus, plus equals good investment. And listen, I have not watched a lot of Jeremiah Smith. I'm being honest, right? I'm relying on the grades of the recruiting team who have. And he's our number two wide receiver behind Micah Hudson. And he's going to a place that develops wide receivers at a disproportionately high rate. I just think that, like the calculus is really that simple. I really do. Um, so, I, and he's a true freshman. I think that he's going to, I I think he goes higher than this when we yeah. uh, have drafts, you know, early next year. I think he goes in the second round by this time, by next year, or the start, whenever everybody starts doing their startups, because I actually think because of how talented he is, I think that wide receiver room is going to open. I think the only two players who likely will have for sure spots next year are going to be Carnell Tate and Brandon Innes. And that's why I ended up taking was Brandon Innes. I think he's going to have that slot spot to himself. Carnell Tate's going to move into that Marvin Harrison spot. I don't think any of the other players that came in last year's draft class were particularly good. I think a lot of those guys came in two years ago, like Keon Gray is going to transfer out. So that gives guys like Jeremiah Smith and Mylon Graham as true freshmen in what is going to be, I think, a very interesting offense because we don't know what that quarterback position is going to be. I assume Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, but we don't know what that's going to look like. But it's going to give them every opportunity to start as a true freshman at Ohio State. So I think he definitely jumps up the board. Matt, scroll down a little bit on the draft so that people watching the YouTube video can actually see what's going on here. So at the 303, I just took uh, Katron Allen. I just took Katron Allen. Like, I'm really looking for safety here. And, man, we knew coming into this season that there were a lot of guys who weren't established that we would have some, you know, things that we wouldn't be able to foresee. Um, but it's it's still like that going into 2024, which is like there's still we are still in that state where there are not a lot of guys that have established themselves. And the in the players that I'm thinking about drafting here, a lot of them have played like less than 20 snaps on the season or no snaps at all, or you know, just some uh, garbage time snaps. I mean, we're still in that place where it's hard to there was a year where you could draft like um, Chuba Hubbard and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and, and Brees Hall. We are not there. We are not there uh, as far as established guys. So, and it looks like Chris just took Nico, Nico but that was, that was a good pick too. I should have taken Nico. It's very hard to do this like on while you're talking because you don't remember who's available. Nico Iamalieva is who is who I should have taken <laughs> at the three hundred three. So. Yeah, I mean he's just all upside with that pick, right? You, you get Slenderman there at a, I think a pretty decent value. Yeah, I, that, I actually wanted to ask you, Felix, about the GNT pick because I really like Ashton GNT. I think we all really liked him as a recruit. Felt that he was one of the best like um, receiving backs in the class, like do it all kind of all purpose backs. He was at Boise State. And I think the NFL is certainly trying to shy away from these G5 schools 
early. I mean, Rashad Penny obviously went in the first, but I mean, Seattle has no idea what they're doing when it comes to drafting. Um, does that work? I mean, are you worried about that aspect? Because I mean, a top 22 pick is, is aggressive. Oh, what yeah, I mean, I am, but at the same time, like what? Uh, so a lot of, some of the picks that I've made, they have both CFF value and, and uh, NFL value. Like why not take Ashton Genty here? If I'm going to get 30 points a game. I know I hear that George Solani still has eligibility left, but you know, when, when Ashton Genty was getting the rock, I mean, he was easily the more explosive player. Um, so he's he's the requisite size, you know, 205 pounds or whatever it is. Can he get to 210? I don't even at 205. I think he's fine. He catches the ball. I don't know. It, could his could his uh, NFL floor be a third down back who you know catches the ball? Yeah, that's fine. And uh, you know, no, we're not. I didn't draft Bijan Robinson here or Jameer Gibbs or anything. You know, anything like that. But I'm going to get a lot of production on the college side of, you know, with Ashton Genty playing that game starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time over in the Mountain West. So, um, you know, I'm taking a little bit of the uh, Nicholas Ian Allen strategy here. I'm getting a guy who's going to put me, you know, up there as far as the the, the, the college uh, the college rankings on that side because I'm building a strong team that has some CFF value. So, Yeah, yeah. I- don't necessarily disagree with it. I just was curious why how you ended up there. I, I mean, I really like Ashton GG too. I think he's a translatable NFL skill set. I, I agree. So the last couple of picks here were at the 308. The last pick at the 308 was Barion Brown. Uh, Mylon Graham went before that. Lenore Sellers at the 306. Luke Cromanhook and a quarterback going to what? Florida State? Yeah. yeah Florida, Florida State. State. Luke Cromanhook, right? And uh, Nicholas Iamalieva. Uh, at the 304 so it's uh i'm at the 309 here so matt matt why don't you talk so i can make this pick yeah i mean it, i find it interesting that um i love the mylon graham pick there chris he's the last wide receiver in the tier one we have currently obviously that could yeah. change before the before the guide comes out but we really like him there's actually a couple of people on the recruiting team who think he's better than jeremiah smith so i'll be very curious to see how like those two kind of stack up in the ADP and everything as the drafts kind of get closer to the season. Obviously, I assume you cursing was Felix taking Lenora Sellers ahead of you. I assume that's probably who you wanted at that pick. We obviously about all, we all really like him. Should be an interesting one. You know, I took Luke Cromanhook. I've been a big fan of his for a while now. You know, matches up with guys like Cal Swanson and Brock Vandegrift when it comes to, like, the athleticism. But then his arm, I think, is just amazing. It'll be very interesting to see what happens there at Florida State. I still think I know, you know, Nate has kind of proven this theory wrong, although Dante Moore kind of helped us out this year in true freshman starting to start the season. I don't think Florida State has anybody there that could really challenge him possibly for that job. He's not having a great senior season right now, uh, but I think he could challenge for that. And then you just took. Um, oh, goodness. Now it's not popping up on my screen. Jack, you think Jackson Dart comes back? He's I a actually, junior. I actually don't. You don't think he comes back? I think, he's he's a having a, I think he's actually having a very good season and people are kind of overlooking how good he's been. You think he comes out and he goes in the first round? I don't, he, he's, I think he's going to do what Michael Penix Jr. did. He's going to come back, show it again. That, I, that's who I was thinking of, Chris. I was thinking about taking G, DJ. DJ Lagway. They got these, these, Hayes Fawcett is posting these pics of DJ Lagway throwing the ball 60 yards down the field with no cleats in the ground. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, in the air. So, I, I mean, I, like, this is not news to anyone that I am extremely aggressive in selecting freshmen. Um, yeah. And, like, those have been my last handful of picks. I, DJ Lagway is a pretty interesting player, and he's probably the only reason that Billy Napier has a job right now. No, they've been playing well. Florida's been playing. They just got beat by Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas is horrendous. I mean, I, I think he is, oops, wrong one. In essence, probably a perfect fit for, um, for Napier's system. And I do semi agree with Chris. I think that's the only reason they haven't fired him. Cause I think if they do, he's, he's getting lagways going to decommit. So. Yeah, Lagway is one. I, I'm thinking it offensively. Like I was looking at Graham Mertz statistics yesterday, and he's Graham Mertz is playing really well. So when I say he, I don't mean he Florida, is. he Graham Mertz is the offense is playing better than I expected. Much, yeah. much better than I expected. And Graham Mertz is playing much better than I expected. And quite frankly, he looks like an NFL quarterback. So um okay, oh, here yeah. is it it's back to me. Yeah. So the last two. couple of picks are Barry and Brown, Jackson Dart, DJ Lagway. And Travis Hunter, we are at the three twelve. So this is the last pick of the third round. I have two picks here, um, and it, again, it's hard to make these picks on the fly. You know, trying to talk through them and um, not miss anything. That's the, that's the hard thing. Like trying not to miss anything. So I'm looking at my wide receiver rankings here to see who's like. The next uh, some players I'm thinking of, to be honest, uh, uh, Jerry on Dickey. I'm thinking about him. I'm thinking about Nick Harbor at South Carolina. I'm thinking about Squirrel White. And I think I'm actually going to go there because if Joe Milton is gone, I think that that offense is going to be better. So and Squirrel White could be the beneficiary of that. So let me go with Squirrel White here. So I, I got two picks. So I'm going to go with Squirrel White at the end of the third. That'd be a great stack to have next year, Nicholas Iamalieva and Squirrel White. And then here at the top of the fourth round, <sighs> Antonio Williams hasn't been selected yet, has he? He is not. No. I mean, I don't know how uh, is it. Are, is has have, have we overrated Antonio Williams? Yes. Oh, okay, coming for Austin. Austin's not here. Austin's not here. Go ahead. Um. Let him cook. Let him cook. Bud Elliott does the summer school stuff for cover three, and he has reporters from each team on. And the way I, I, I don't remember remember her name, um, so I apologize. But the way that they were talking about the wide receiver room made me think that they don't think that highly of Antonio Williams in terms of being a uh, wide receiver one on a college offense. If he can't be a wide receiver one on a college offense, I'm not taking this dude in the top – three rounds of a C2C startup. Like, yeah, I think he's good. How good is he? I, I, I'm not sure. And so that's been in my mind the whole season. And I honestly kind of think that he's been hurt all year. This should be a lost season. I feel like for him, it's just so hard to, to keep like the faith in him. I mean, I think he's going to be fine. I don't I don't think any of us build him as like a wide receiver one for Clemson or going into the NFL. But, uh, you know, where I'll give Austin props is there was everybody had. Um, oh, Adam what's Randall. his name? Ad, what? What? You probably, Adam you Randall. 
yeah, Adam Randall is like this. There were people arguing when we did the freshman guy that Adam Randall should have been in our tier one. And granted, he did suffer the injury. I, I don't, you know, want to say that he couldn't have ended up being very good because of that. But Austin very much said that Antonio Williams is going to be the much better producer. And I think even in the limited time we've seen both of them on the field, that's been proven correct. So there have already been some mistakes in this draft. One Roger Robinson. Well, and Caden Fegan. I took <laughs> so so I took Caden Fegan at the at the 401. Then Matt took Roderick Robinson, and then Chris just picked up Ollie Gordon. I don't like the fact that Chris is just sitting there just documenting who's not getting taken away. Ollie Gordon should have been taken already. I mean, maybe I was surprised that you over had not an injured taken over an injured Roderick Robinson. Well, over they an just had Roderick Robinson. They just had a report a couple weeks ago that he's almost on his way back. It was just an ankle injury. It's not like he blew his knee out. I thought it was a knee injury. No, Robinson. I'm almost positive was ankle. Branson Robinson blew out his knee. I, no, I know. No, yeah. no, I thought it was his Achilles. No, I'm almost Branson positive. Rob- Ro- well, the, Robinson was the Achilles. Was his Achilles? I thought his was a knee. I, the report that I read, Roger Robinson, was an ankle injury. I thought they said, like, it was only a couple weeks ago he was almost back. Maybe okay, I'm We're going to figure but... out both of these here in a second. As soon as I, I get to I get to, uh, to pick here. Matt, why don't you just do a recap of the whole draft? That'll give me enough yeah. time to make my pick here. Real quick, I'll just say that, like, I think the running backs are falling because, as we talked about, I just don't think any of us – I mean, Nicholas Singleton barely made the first round. Like, we're just not very high on running backs right now. But, uh, so – in order, from 1-1 all the way down here, you got Luther Burden, Evan, Luther Burden, Missouri wide receiver, Evan Stewart, Texas A&M wide receiver, then Zachariah Branch, USC wide receiver, followed by Quinshaw Judkins, the Ole Miss running back, Cedric Baxter Jr., the Texas running back, Deuce Robinson, the USC wide receiver slash tight end, Carnell Tate, Ohio State wide receiver, Nicholas Singleton, Penn State running back, Justice Haynes, Alabama running back, Connor Wigman, Texas A&M quarterback, Jontae Cook, the second Texas wide receiver, and then Omarion Hampton, North Carolina running back, finished out the first round. Going into the second round, you had Tedaroa McMillan, Arizona wide receiver, followed by Drew Alar, Penn State quarterback, Malachi Nelson, USC quarterback, Jackson Arnold, Oklahoma quarterback, Aiden Childs, Oregon State quarterback, Arch Manning, Texas quarterback, then Eugene Wilson, the third Florida wide receiver, Micah Hudson, wide receiver going to Texas Tech or currently committed to Texas Tech. Dylan Rayola, quarterback, currently committed to Georgia. Then Ashton Janty, Boise State running back. Dante Moore, quarterback, currently at UCLA, followed lastly uh, to end the second round. Julian Sain, currently committed to Alabama quarterback. Third round, kicked off with Jeremiah Smith, wide receiver, currently committed to Ohio State. Then Brandon Innes, Ohio State wide receiver. Katron Allen, running back for Penn State. Nicholas um, Slenderman, Tennessee quarterback. Luke Cromanhook, Florida State quarterback, currently committed to Florida State. Lenora Sellers, South Carolina quarterback. Mylon Graham, wide receiver, currently committed to Ohio State. Barry and Brown, wide receiver out of Kentucky. Jackson Dart, Felix Blees will be going back to school. Ole Miss quarterback, DJ Lagway. Florida commit quarterback Travis Hunter, Colorado wide receiver, followed lastly to end the third round with Squirrel White, Tennessee wide receiver. And then to kick off the fourth round, we had Caden Fegan, Illinois running back, Roderick Robinson, Georgia running back, Ollie Gordon, Oklahoma State running back. And then Luke Lachey is who Felix just picked here at the 4-4 Iowa tight end. There, there are too many freshman quarterbacks being taken in this draft so far. Only like we're not even high on the freshman three. quarterback class. Only three That's win. Luke Chrome. Oh, four. Sorry. Lagway. I forgot about Lagway. DJ Lagway, Dylan Royola, 
and Julian Sand. We're not it's, even high on this quarterback class. It's the I cheapest mean, they'll ever be. Yeah, and not only that, like, again, what did we talk about to start this draft? Last year, Malachi Nelson, Dante Moore were going back into the first round. Arch Manning, second round, sometimes first round. Like, look, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. We are not high on this class. Dylan Rayol, I mean, none of those guys are tier one right now. We have all of them in tier two. But I mean, Julian Sand has a chance. I'm to just be not. Jones. I don't think that I'm. Uh, I haven't watched Julian Sand. I've watched a little bit of DJ Lagway. I haven't watched Luke Cromanhook. Matt, by the way, if you want to take a look at Luke Cromanhook, Matt put together a, a video on the YouTube page. But we're trying to get hits with these early. Like this is a startup. Like I want safety. Like I want to lock in some equity. Like we're who swinging is, for the fence, and you might. Who hit is it. safe? I know. Though. I know. So, I know. I, Luke Lachey feels safe. Can I? <laughs> can I? Warm and snuggly. Can I argue that I actually think, depending on your opinion of those four quarterbacks, I think all of them are safe-ish. Yes, they. We are. just talked if, about. If we you think, mean that they're not going to play next year, and therefore, you I know, think you all, retain some value. All of them have a chance then, to outside of Rayola. And well, as you're we saying. A chance to not play because not no, playing a chance is to what preserves play. their their value. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, mean, but I Dante think... Moore is playing too, and his value is taking a hit. So a little bit. I think people are overblowing the the fact that he plays a true freshman. What did you expect him to go out there and look like CJ Stroud's looked in the NFL? It's a completely different transition from high school. High school, no offense. High school in Michigan to going and playing in college football, like it's just it's a different transition. It's uh Chris. Is it Matt? Is it Chris? Turn? I picked. Chris's turn? I took oh, yeah, Dallin. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure it's out who I want to take. Um, Travis Hunter, I think, is a good pick. Obviously, I mean, th- the thing is, we don't know how the NFL is going to use him, but at this point, we know that he is a dynamic wide receiver. Uh, why not take? I, he was he, he was eligible to be taken last year, and I didn't take him take him thinking that you know he's he's a cornerback, but they're clearly using him as both. So here we are at the 406 and Chris is up. He's trying to think of who he's going to take. I don't think you should pay attention to the, um, the teams just yet, but I will, uh, I'll just, yeah, let me just go through what they are. So Chris's first team would be Luther burden, Julian saying, and Jeremiah Smith. Matt's team. One would be Evan Stewart, Dante Moore and Brandon Ennis. My team. One would be Zachariah branch, uh, Ashton Genty and Katron Allen. Chris's team two would be Quinshawn Judkins, Dylan Royola, and Nicholas Yamaleva. Matt's team two would be Cedric Baxter, Micah Hudson, and Luke Croman Hook. My team two would be Deuce Robinson, Eugene Wilson, and Lenora Sellers. I really like that, to be honest with you. I mean, just to be, uh, that's that that's fine with me. Uh, Chris's team three would be Carnell Tate, Arch Manning, Mylon Graham, and Cade Klubnick. Matt's team three would be Nicholas Ian Allen, Aiden Child, Barry and Brown, and Dallin Hayden. I don't have a problem with that one either. I mean, Nick My Singleton, three, right? Just real quick. Nicholas Nick, Ian Allen. Why we, why we love Nicholas, Nicholas Ian Allen. Allen. Nick, yes. He's Nick not Singleton, excuse football. me. Nick Singleton, Aiden Child, Barry and Brown, Dallin Hayden. My team three would be Justice Haynes, Jackson Arnold. Jackson Dart and Luke Lachey. Chris's team four would be Connor Wegman, Malachi Nelson, DJ Lagway, and Ollie Gordon. Matt's team four would be John Tate Cook, Drew Aller, Travis Hunter, and Roderick Robinson. That might be my favorite yet. My team four, the final team here, would be Omarion Hampton, Tedero McMillan, Squirrel White, and Keaton, and Keaton Fagan. I like the CFF value of that team four there. So, um, Chris, did you make a did you make a pick yet? Uh, yeah, I took Kate Klubnick. 
Not a I'm not a guy here. that I'm, I'm super high cheat. on. I'm gonna cheat. Um if you if you take Raheem Sanders here. <laughs> I'm not taking Raheem Sanders, I'm taking oh, Jador okay. Sanders. I am taking a Sanders. I mean, they already said he's not he's not uh he's he's not going to the NFL draft. So I'm taking Shador right here. Do you do you uh, believe that four oh seven? That he's not coming out? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I really, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know either. Um, it's, I don't an, think it's, play- it's, it's, it's a I don't think he's played well enough to, to be yeah. a first rounder. I just don't know where this is coming from. I, right. I really don't. Like he struggles in so many aspects of the game still that he needs to improve on. And I'm not saying he can't, certainly not, but. And we saw that, we saw that year. schedule next year. Hold on. Let me see if I can bring it up real quick. Colorado. 24 football. They're in where the big 12? They're in the big 12, yes. Yeah, okay. So here's their schedule next year. Uh North Dakota State, which is you know traditionally been a very good, a very good Potent- team. Potential so got, lost. Potentially. Then they got Nebraska again at Nebraska, then Colorado State, then Arizona, uh Arizona, Utah, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Cincinnati, Kansas, Texas Tech, UCF. That, you know, they don't have Texas or Oklahoma yeah, because Texas or Oklahoma are not going to be in the Big 12. So that's not – they can get to six wins in that – in that uh, – in that uh, – Yes, they can. In that schedule. Yeah. All right, let me – I got to look up Roderick Robinson and – and uh, Branson Robinson's injuries. Matt, can you talk for a little bit so I can look this up? Yeah, so I just took Tennessee running back Cameron Seldon. I mean, Felix was just talking about – what that offense could look like with, with Nico and squirrel Wyatt. I think there's a realistic shot that Selden gets a chance to kind of take over as a starting running back. I still have my questions about him overall playing that position, but I mean, talk about a guy who has unlike Caden Feig and talk about a guy who has like the name of names on his athletic chart. It's pretty impressive. I'll take a guy like that athletically gifted, going into an offense that we really like. I mean, Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, Raheem Sanders, Matt Forte, Beanie Wells, Adrian Peterson, Latavius Murray, all those guys are in the NFL. That's a pretty wide range of very impressive players. So I I, I think if I had to pick one, I'd say he has a chance to be probably more Matt Forte than any of those other guys, but that's still pretty good. And in an offense that we expect to be very CFF relevant as well. Okay. So here, let me, here's the, the injury. Here's the injury news. Uh, Roderick Robinson is said to have suffered a shoot. I just had it up. Well, let me just say, okay. Branson Robinson ruptured his patella tendon and let's see, where's the patella tendon? That's in the knee. If it is. Oh, it is. I'm most positive. It's in the knee. It's in the knee. Yeah. The patella tendon, the patella tendon is in the knee. Um, we need a, we need need a a doctor. Yeah, we need a doctor around here. And then I had Roderick Robinson. Let's see. Robin Roderick Robinson's injury is discuss, is described as an ankle injury. So patella ruptured, but ruptured. That that sounds bad. Sound that sounds bad. A ruptured patella. Uh Chris is here. Do we do we want to end it here at the fourth? Oh, yeah, we could probably end it up. Yeah, yeah. We've only got a couple more picks. So yeah, you're yeah. you're making me make some uncomfortable decisions at uh at this juncture. And we do this all the time, and we're here in the fourth round, and it's like, whew, this is tough. It is It is tough. There's honestly a lot of, um, I think, really solid 
interesting players left, but guys that I, I'm not sure how confident I am in. Um, this is a guy that I think is a play for obviously next year, just based on the type, but I think he could have a big year. And that is LSU running back Caleb Jackson. Dang it. I think uh, I think Austin Austin's really high on him. I think he talked about he him did. on Camp's yeah. Life a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I think he could have a, a kind of a breakout year next year. Hasn't done a lot in recent weeks, but they've been more competitive game scripts. I mean, you're not going to probably see him out in, in those types. So, yeah, I think he's worth a shot here. So, if I remember correctly, Caleb Jackson had a long run. First of all, Caleb Jackson was one of the more athletic running backs in this previous year's freshman class. And he had a long touchdown run earlier in the season. And that, and I, if I'm remembering correctly, Real Analytics posted his score, and it was over 21 miles per hour. And and he's you know he's got the requisite size. So you know in a world where there ain't a lot to pick from because there's not a lot a lot of established guys, an LSU running back that's hyper athletic. You know why not here uh, in the fourth round? It's on me. It's on me. Um, yeah, I know who I'm taking, assuming you don't take them. So. Well, why don't you say something nice about one of my picks? <sighs> Man, you really got to put my feet side. to the fire on that one, huh? All right, <laughs> oh, let's look oh. here. Um, Let me look at your teams and figure <laughs> out which pick I like. I mean, I, I like the – I actually do like the Justice Haynes pick. Oh, yeah, I love the Ted Rowe McMillan pick. Said they sh- yeah. should have taken him ahead of Amari and Hampton. I guess it wouldn't matter because they ended up on the same team. But, I mean, I think McMillan has a chance to go first round when he comes out again. I like the Justice Haynes pick. I think that was uh, – I probably should have taken him. Um, But you, you took him – Probably not earlier than I thought. Obviously, Lenore Sellers won as well. I mean, if he has a chance to be what we think he can be, not only are you going to get CFF production from him probably for two years. You know, I, I don't want to say he's on the Anthony Richardson spectrum because I think he is one of one. He's a unicorn. But I think if Lenore Sellers goes out there and plays as well as we've kind of seen him do at time, or it was really spring game and then very rarely one here. Bomb. Yeah one bomb but hey it was a very beautiful bomb so you know yeah, if he's able to replicate that and do that more over the next two years again I, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibilities to say there's a shot he could be a first round pick in a couple of years so that's a good pick as well i like that lenore sellers one he, he's uh anthony richardson with rec specs i i, mean, I called i did a video earlier this year about the next anthony richardson and you all teased me because i had uh I had uh, – what's the Auburn quarterback? The Auburn quarterback transfer from Oregon. I forgot his name already. Robbie, Robbie Ashford. Ashford. Robbie Ashford. Yeah, I had Robbie Ashford in there, but I also said Lenora Sellers. So I just took uh, I just took Antonio Williams here at the 410. Man, it, I I was thinking about another wide receiver here, but Antonio Williams who? is, you know. So I'm taking a wide receiver. I'm wondering if it's who you were going to take. I was thinking Kevin Conception. Well, I'm, okay, I'm also taking a all. wide receiver. That is not at all who I thought you were going to take and you're probably going to make your pick and i'm going to be like dang i should have taken uh it's, I'm just, taking it's hard to do this live. isaiah bond i think he's got oh, with the way it. he's played this i should have taken him and like i said i really think if if milro doesn't come back which is probably a possibility i think there's probably a higher likelihood that he comes back than goes out if he comes out i do think 
that Julian Sane ends up being the starting quarterback for Alabama, I think that that's just going to rocket Isaiah Bond's value up. I mean, I think, Felix, you said you have him as a top 20 wide receiver. I do as well. I think Austin has said that he – I know he was higher on Bond than most of us because a lot of us like Malik Benson. He, he's a player that I think is going to move up draft boards a little bit more uh, next year. So, yeah, I think that I was hoping you were not going to take him. It's a good pick. Antonio Williams here is a great pick, too. Um, I, I find it hard to believe he will go this late in any other draft. Um, I just have my concerns and, and whatnot. So this is the last pick, right? Yeah, a couple players that I, I'm looking at here. Um, Matthew Golden did not go, right? He has not gone yet. I thought about him as well, but he has not gone. <laughs> he He's an interesting pick here. He's been outplayed by Sam Brown, though, this year. And, like, different different style of wide receiver. So older I, I, and older. And older, yeah, so but if you're older. Matthew Golden in your second year, you should be the best wide receiver in your team if we think that highly of you in terms of you being a top 15, 20 pick in Debbie here nor here nor there. Um, so I, I I did really think about him him here. Um I'm actually gonna go with a different wide receiver though, and that's Makai Lemon at USC. Uh, I, I like well. I like Makai Lemon. Um, think he's a solid wide receiver. I don't buy any of that, that corner stuff, despite him playing corner in high school and being pretty darn good at it. That's the um, only reason I didn't take him. I worried about that, and I was like, man, if that if that really does happen, like you're screwed because he's not Travis Hunter, where he can play both sides. No, like and I I think he's a really solid player. I just went to high school with um, uh, Malachi Nelson. He hasn't been super productive this year. He hasn't really been on the field in, in recent weeks, at least to a drastic extent. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him a little more down the stretch. Um, I really wouldn't. So I still believe in the player. Malachi Nelson. Malachi Nelson could be one of the biggest winners from the bowl season. Oh, 100%. Because, yeah. Because Caleb Williams, I, I, I would bet all the money I have that he's not playing in the bowl game. And we're going to see Miller Moss. Do you think, do you think he plays again this Malachi season? Nelson. I think he plays I, against Oregon, and that's it. I was going to say, I actually don't think he finishes out the season. I mean, the way that yeah, he looked on I, the sidelines looked like a player who played their last football game. Why I mean, would he play? Well, they got three games left. Why would no, he play? Two. Maybe they'll they play. Two? Yeah, Oregon, no, UCLA. They games. Maybe they he have all in the championship. Gonna, they're not going to be in the national. Yeah. They're not going to be in the Pac-12 championship. Game. Maybe he will because, I mean, not that, you know, Felix has brought this up many a times, how they don't really sell out there. Maybe he won't, but USC, UCLA, it is a rivalry game. Like, maybe he'll be there to play that. But, I, I mean, I don't know. If I were him at this point, I'm not. Like, what, what do you have to gain? Even if you beat That's Oregon, okay, nothing. big whoop. Like, you nothing. have nothing. You, you have a bigger chance of ending up like Jake Butt um, how, who was the, the linebacker, um, for Notre Dame, the Cowboys ended up still Miles Jack around. No, no, not Miles Jack. Um, J Notre Dame, Jalen something. Smith? He happened. Jaylen, yeah. Jaylen was it that it happened in the Ohio state bowl game? He didn't need to play. And he was a projected top five pick blows his knee out. Like Caleb Williams has so much more to lose at this point. If I'm him, I'm sitting down. I, I am too, but honestly, <laughs> I don't think, and I don't, I don't believe this personally, but there's a lot of talk about him on social media that like he's soft, he's a quitter, all, all of that. Um, I don't buy that, but him not playing the rest of the season after that would only add fuel to that fire. So I kind of wonder if he wants to expose himself to that sort of criticism, which I, I'm not sure 
that I don't all think NFL NFL teams believe that, but I believe there are some old cranky men in those front offices who who yeah. believe that. There will be a hundred percent probably GMs and scouts who will come on off the record and criticize him of not being a team player and all this other stuff if he does that. And the people who have the bad opinions of him are because of the way he handles himself at times in interviews and all that other stuff. But you know what? I said it, I believe, on our Devi call. I don't know if this was ever published or not because we had an argument about Caleb Williams versus Drake May. And there were people who brought up that they felt like Caleb Williams' attitude was a little bit of a thing. I'm like, you know what? But if he was winning all the time, not one of you would say a damn word about it. Like, I, I, I don't think that it's fair to criticize him for that stuff because the dude is extremely talented. He is uber talented. He's still going to be the number one quarterback. Yes, people are going to criticize him, and I agree with you, Chris. There are going to be those old crusty GMs that sit there and say, oh, you know what, this, that, he ended up ended up not playing the last two games. Dude, you've got to take care of yourself. He'll still be a top whatever pick if he gets hurt, but if he gets hurt, he's not going to go 1-1 overall. They'll take Drake May because he is still a good quarterback. Like, you're risking so much more of your future doing that. I'm I'm sorry. If I'm and I don't think I'd ever thought I'd be on this side of the argument. I, I think I typically I am on Austin's side arguing against Felix on this, but with like Caleb, it's just so locked in. Again, this is a dude two years ago telling you Jackson Dart was going to be better. I was wrong. Like Caleb Williams is an amazing <laughs> player. Like just sit, man. Don't do this to yourself. There's no point because why? He's just going to go out there and get murdered like he has all season long because this team is just not good. It's not worth it. All right, just uh, one more recap here. In Matt and, and Chris, while I'm doing this, think about the best and worst picks. Maybe no. from each round. Best and worst of our, best of and our worst own? picks from each round. No, I'll just any, do the whole round. Oh, okay. Do, of any of the picks. Of any of the picks. Sort so here we go. Um, Lu- this is the first round. Luther Burden, Evan Stewart, Zachariah Branch, Quinshawn Judkins, Cedric Baxter, Deuce Robinson, Carnell Tate, Nicholas Singleton, Justice Haynes, Connor Wegman, Jonte Cook, Amarian Hampton, Tedaroa, McMillan. In the second round, uh, Drew Aller, Malachi Nelson, Jackson Arnold, Aiden Childs, Arch Manning, Eugene Wilson, Micah Hudson, Dylan Royola, Ashton Genty, Dante Moore, Julian Sayan. In the third round, Jeremiah Smith, Brandon Innes, Katron Allen, Nicholas Iamalieva, Luke Cromanhook, Lenora Sellers, Mylon Graham, uh, Barion Brown, Jackson Dart, DJ Lagway, Travis Hunter, Squirrel White. In the fourth round, in the final round here, Roderick Robinson, Ollie Gordon, or excuse me, Caden Feig and Roderick Robinson, Ollie Gordon, Luke Lachey, Dallin Hayden, Cade Klubnick, Shador Sanders, uh, Cameron Seldon, Caleb Jackson, Antonio Williams, Isaiah Bond, Makai Lemon. All right, let's go to the first round here. Matt, give me your best, uh, your best pick from the first round. Uh, I mean, I think it's really hard to pick one out best pick. I think a lot of these guys are probably going there. If I had to go one, I'm going to give it to Chris and Connor Wigman. I mean, I think because he got injured, we kind of forgot how good he was to start off the year as a quarterback. I think, you know, Austin's talked about it on Campus Life, that he moved him up a while ago to his QB1. I think there's a realistic shot. If he plays the way he did last year, he's going to be the top quarterback drafted in his draft class. So uh, to me, to get the QB1 there at the end of the first round is a pretty good pick. What about your – give me your worst. I mean, it's Amarian Hampton, just because I do believe you could have got him later. And not that it's a <laughs> – not that I believe it's a bad pick overall. I think he probably could have gone second, maybe even early third. I don't think he's going to go first round in most startups, like ADP-wise. I think you could have got him later, personally. Mox, give me your uh, give me your best and worst. 
I, I already said I thought Deuce Robinson was bad value um, at the 106. Uh, I, if I you would have caught that touchdown that, that he dropped, you guys would have been fine with this pick. Whatever. No, nah, I still think he's like it. I mean, I, like second, third round. At the first round, it's top six. Yeah, well, but I've allegedly been taking like, Deuce Robinson too too early this entire time. You know, even oh, I agreed with you. Drafts, I was. A I agreed with you in the freshman early. drafts. Yeah. I think we're a little car before the horse kind of thing. Anyway, my favorite pick in this round, or what I thought was the best pick, was uh, I like the Cedric Baxter pick. I actually think he's really played some really nice football in the last couple weeks. Um, I think Roshan Johnson's a little hurt. Roshan Johnson. Jonathan Brooks. Jonathan Brooks. Texas, Texas running backs. Uh, is a little banged up, but Baxter stepped into his place and looked nice. I like that run on the fake uh, tush push. Yeah. And, I mean, again, we've talked about Sark's, you know, consistent run of 1,000-yard running backs. It's actually why I ended up taking him over Singleton. I think CFF value, and I think he's got a shot to be a, a fairly good draft pick as well. Yeah, I like that. All right. Same Felix? thing, Matt, for this. Oh, no, what's yours? This. You got to give a shot. I, yeah, I, I was reading. Yeah. I don't – Okay, I, I gotta okay. Say. Okay, I think the uh, let me look at it. The best pick is probably Carnell Tate, just given what we've seen from that position. He's going to take over from Marvin Harrison Jr. He's another player that could have a huge bowl game, and he's getting snaps already. So I think Carnell Tate is probably the best pick. The worst pick, I so I haven't watched Connor Wegman, you know, with um, uh, Bobby Petrino, Bobby Petrino there calling the plays. That's the one where I'm like, hmm, maybe I don't. Maybe there's something that Chris knows that I don't. Now I know that somebody just called that the best, but I, I just went past on yeah. quarterback altogether there. But that that being, I have not watched you know a lot of Connor Wegman this season. I did I watched their spring game in depth, um, but I have not watched a lot of Connor Wegman this season. So maybe maybe Chris knows something I don't. I would have just I would have just passed. Let's go to the second round here, Matt. Um, best pick, man. That's hard. Uh, I don't love any of these picks. I guess I'll say Ted Aroa because uh, I think he could have been the first round pick. He probably should have been, should have been the 112 over Marion Hampton. So I'll say Ted Aroa because you got a one, a one pick steal on him. Uh, the worst here for me is going to be is Dylan Rayola because I don't think that this class is overly impressive. I would have taken him. I had no, I have no problem taking him in the third round where like Lagway, Chrome and Hook went. Uh, but I think in the second round, a guy that you might end up having to wait two years to get, and we still don't believe he's overly impressive, I and mean, we don't even have a tier one grade on him, I would have waited a little bit. Like, I'd have taken a couple of the guys that went, like, right after, like, Jeremiah Smith, Brandon Ennis, I don't know about Janty, but Dante Moore. Like, I probably would have taken all of them over Rayola. So, not a horrible pick, but, like, if I'm having to pick one out of that round, I think that's the one that kind of stands out to me. Um, I wrote it down somewhere. Hold on. Uh, so I think the best pick and the worst pick belong to the same person. Uh, and that that's Felix. I love the Jackson Arnold pick. I actually regret taking Malachi Nelson over him. I think when I think when we've seen Arnold this year, he's been pretty awesome. Uh, I think he's certainly the future there, and I've I've been really really impressed. And he played high level high school too, so you're not really wondering what the transition is going to be for him as it is for you know some other players. Uh, I, I don't think I would take Eugene Wilson in the middle of the second round. And I like the way that he's played this year. Um, I really, I really do. I think he's been really impressive and I liked him as a recruit too. That is just a little high. Um, but you know, it's, it's not a bad pick. 
either because I'm looking at the next couple picks and I'm like, well, would I actually prefer them to Eugene Wilson? <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, that's so. where I was like, it's it's hard to pick a bad pick because like all these guys, I think really once you get from me like to pick 12, 13, I'm kind of like, I mean, all these guys are kind of grouped yeah. together. I don't know that I love or hate any of these picks. I I think my favorite, the you know, it just sucks that we've propped up uh, Aiden Childs as much as we have because there was no draft that I was in where I could sneak Aiden Childs onto my roster. And it's even the same way here. Like, it's just frustrating because, he, I mean, he went ahead of, of Arch Manning. And I, I agree with it. Like, I agree. Like, that, I don't have any problem with that. It's just that both he and Lenore Sellers, I'm like, oh, you know, I might be able to sneak them onto my rosters and to, the, like, the sixth round of freshman drafts. I ended up having to take them in, like, the third and fourth round. And, you know, next – I – I don't have a problem. That's probably my that is my uh, my favorite pick. My least favorite pick, without question, is Julian Sand. Now I haven't watched Julian Sand, but Julian Sand going ahead of um, Nicholas Iamalieva. Like we know what Nick- Nicholas Iamalieva's talent is. We know that the system that he's in. I think that we see more of 2022 Tennessee next year with with Nico Iamalieva at the helm. So that's uh that will be the one that'll be my you know the the pick that I'm critical about. All right, Matt, let's go to the third round. Your best and worst. Uh, well, much like um, Chris talking about in the last round, both of them were, go to the same person, and it is also you, Felix. Um, I love the Lenora Fight Sellers pick. Lenora Sellers getting him at three six. I don't think you'll get him in the third round by the time startup season comes. So that that was a great pick. This pick, I think you took them here because you were looking for a running back, and I don't think you realize, like you said, some of the guys available. Like, I get that Nicholas Singleton has not been good, but let's not pretend that, like, Katron Allen has been, like, really good either. He's not necessarily had a good season. I think that was a little bit of a reach on him. I think he probably could have gone fourth or fifth round. So, especially over, you know, you took him over Nico, over Lenore Over Sellers. Ollie Gordon. Over yeah, Ollie like Gordon. over Ollie Gordon. Yeah. Roger Robinson. I mean, and even I don't Dallin have him right that way. I just didn't notice that Ollie Gordon was still there. So. Who who has a chance to be the running back for Ohio State next year? They don't have anybody else in that room if Henderson leaves. So Mayan Williams has to go. So like, there's a lot of running backs I think could have gone ahead of Katron Allen. So that that's the only reason why. I'm overall, not a bad pick, but like I think he went earlier than he should have. I didn't. I didn't actually dislike the Katron Allen pick. Um, it's funny that. Well. I don't want to be calling people out on here. That's what we do, right? That's, You've that's, already called out Austin. You already came for Austin's throat, so just go I'll for ca- whoever you're going for. All right. Dylan Rayola went how many picks above Luke Cromenhoek? One, two, uh, three, four, nine? five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight or nine. My math nine is not picks. great. So. And I, ha- I think there's a huge yeah, gap between those two players. For you, and is, yes. I... I think that taking Chroma to get 305, and I know that you are very high on him. It's like that is your evaluation of the player. Um, but I just think that's a little too aggressive. I would certainly take Lenore Sellers over him. Fair. Um, that's fair. The pick that I like the most, I'm, le- I'm leading with the peak I like the least every single time. I gotta, I gotta be more positive. Um, I'm actually gonna stick with, stick with, uh, you, Matt. I actually like the Travis Hunter pick. I think it's high upside. I like if he plays wide receiver the next level. I think he's going to be a really talented player. 
risk, but certainly uh, some some nice upside. Felix, do you have uh, best and worst? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I made the comparison of the Julian Sain pick to Nico Iamalieva, so I'm just going to say the Nick, Nico Iamalieva pick for Chris. That was an excellent pick. And then I also, to be honest, like of the freshmen taken, um, DJ Lagway right here taken in the in the in the third. That's the one, the freshman quarterback that that you know. Yeah, like I think that that's the appropriate value. Oh, I, I'm doing doing two good ones. A bad one. That, I actually like the Lagway pick and the EMLA. A bad one. Um, this third round is like not too bad. I, yeah, I can point to the Carmen Hook pick too because I just don't think that that's the correct value. So for a bad one, I'll, I'll, I'll but I know that that's your boy. So I mean, yeah, you're I'm, taking. I am very big on him. You know, you're you're taking him. your boy, but nobody else would have taken him though. Like you know what? I, nobody would have taken him in this draft. But to point out, maybe, maybe not. The problem is, so not that I wasn't going to say I think he can be Aiden Childs, but he's my Aiden Childs this year. He's a guy that I'm very high on. I think everybody else is underrating. And just like you said, in a lot of those drafts, I didn't get a chance to roster Aiden Childs because people ended up taking him when I thought I was going to get him later. So at this point, and I where I agree with Chris and something him and Austin have said for a long time, this is cheap as you're going to get those players. I think there's a realistic shot. He plays at Florida State next year. I think he has a better skill set than Jordan Travis, and Jordan Travis has been very CFF relevant and honestly kind of good. So if he goes out there and does that in that system, I think I will end up winning and laughing with that pick. So I agree it is a little bit of a risk. But for me, Lenora Sellers is the only one that went behind him. I'm going to be honest, I forgot Lenora Sellers was even there. Like the rest of the guys that went, like I don't, like I'm perfectly fine taking him there and taking a shot on somebody else later. So uh, fourth round. Yeah, last round here. Yep. Best. I, dude, I think all these picks are good. I think some of that is like I said, we were doing this on the fly. And like when I realized Roger Robinson was there, I was like, oh God, please don't. Like that's exactly who I want. Uh, so I'll just like, I really think all of those are, uh, you know, I like the Makai Lemon pick. He probably, if we know for sure, he's going to be wide receiver goes earlier. Roger Robinson, Ollie Gordon, Selden Jackson, Hayden, Luke Lachey, even because he has a chance to be one of the top tight ends in college. If I have to pick a bad one, you know I'm coming for you, Chris, on this one, because I've said for two years that oh Klubnik gosh. sucks. It's way too early for Cade Klubnik because he's going to suck again next year. That's, but re- realistically, I think this is where he goes. Like I actually don't think there's a bad pick in this round. Like I think this is a very good round overall, but if I had to pick one, because I would not be taking Cade here. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Um, I'm going to be nice on my first go around. Uh, switch it up a little bit. I think that you are getting Antonio Williams at a, a pretty significant discount, Felix. Um, I, I think that he should go higher, period. And I just because I'm a little bit lower on him doesn't mean I, that he shouldn't be probably potentially two rounds higher. Um. I, I you talked through the pick at the time as well. I still can't get behind Luke Lachey in the fourth round. I just can't. Like it, I, I he's like an eighth, ninth, tenth rounder to me. Um, and I'm I'm the tight end guy. I considered Oscar Delp here because I think he's the one next one up after at Georgia. But yeah. Lachey's yeah. that's just that's just too much. Can I ask a question? I know that's not what we're doing right now. But I, I am curious because I took Ollie Gordon here at 403. 
how far off are Ollie Gordon and Amarian Hampton from each other? Because Marion Hampton not went four twelve and Ollie Gordon went four oh three. Yeah, not far at all. Not far at all. That's why I mean you have to do the you have to do these mock drafts a lot. So you can have a good sense yeah. for where players should be taken. And especially when we're doing this live, like Shador should not have fallen to the fourth round. Ollie Gordon should have not him. fallen to the you weren't gonna take Shador? Not I think, the I think the fourth round is. I think the fourth, fifth round is fair for him. I, I don't think Robinson, Ollie Gordon, Antonio Williams. Fall. You got a quarterback Honestly, one on the college side who Dame Brugler has got in his top thirty-two this year. You don't think that he should go in the first two rounds? No, because none of us. Like, I'm putting my feelings. I'm, I'm putting my feelings aside about it. Like you know, right? They're, they're plugged but, in, and, and he is a quarterback one, unquestionably in college fantasy. None of us believe he's really going to be a first round pick. And I'm just like, look, I get it. It's Dan Brugler, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and tout the company of C2C. We've been kind of right on a lot of these quarterbacks over the past couple of years. So when all of us are sitting here saying like, that's cool. I'm glad the NFL is valuing him as a first round pick. None of us see it that way. I get the CFF side of it. I don't hate the fourth round for him, but I think it's a little bit early. Okay. But he's going to be ready to have Cade to take him, though. So, like, I, I would have taken him over Cade. You take over Cade. Ha, ha, ha. You guess. Whatever. <laughs> you know, is mad. it my turn? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I agree that my my Luke Lachey. I, I like Luke. I really like Luke Lachey as a player. But I, I agree that um, that that was a not not a great pick. So, I'm picking on myself here. Actually, I also think um, – Taking Roderick Robinson over Ollie Gordon is probably problematic. Um, so I'm, I am, uh, I'm getting on Matt there, I guess, because he took Roderick Robinson. Yeah. And oh, the I, I, Isaiah Bond. I, I, I don't know why I can. I never draft Isaiah Bond, but he is one of my favorite players. Like I like the small, He's shifty, fun. you know, wide receiver. He is fun. So Isaiah Bond, I think, is my favorite pick there. All right. Um, is that it? That's Any, it. Anybody that didn't go that y'all are surprised didn't go? <sighs> Not, I mean, I got to look at my rankings here. I was a little surprised nobody took Devin Brown. See, I thought about him, McCord, Ewers, just because I think all of them are back in college. I don't know where Devin Brown or McCord's going to be. Like, that's why I pivoted away from both of them. Another one, with especially as good as this offense has been, I thought about taking Garrett Nussmeyer in the fourth. I, I think too. he's going to be the starting quarterback at LSU. He's one that I was a little surprised didn't go. I That's a good call, but I have Garrett Nussmeyer stashed in so many, like all of these backups. So this year I took a lot of Malik Murphy, Garrett Nussmeyer, Colin, uh, Connor Harrell. Like I have those guys already stashed on rosters. So that's like the next level of C2C where you already know where the depth chart is headed and you get those guys stashed. You know, that's what like Kyle Francis and Austin would do. So I've kind of learned to get those guys on my rosters one year, one year early. I got one more player that I actually wish I drafted above Clay Kovnick. Uh no, he's eligible this year. Never mind. I think he's coming out. I was gonna say Phil Maffa, but he he's he's eligible. Yeah, he I, I think, think he'll so. I think he'll come out. But if he I doesn't like Phil Maffa. I think he I think Phil Maffa's better than Will Shipley. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. That I, Hopefully you liked this mock draft. If you do, go ahead and drop, if you're listening now, go ahead and drop uh, this video a like and subscribe to the channel. And by the way, we haven't gotten a rate and review in a very long time. You know, if you like it, 
we're about to be in our bag here because the offseason is going to come. People go, are going to want college football content, even though co the college football season is over. And this is where you need to be. This is where you need to be. So drop a like on this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and leave a rate and review uh, on the Campus to Canton podcast feed. But I, I think that's it. That's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We ran out of time, but we will get him rescheduled soon for Matt Bruning and Chris Moxley. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck.